Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. This series that we started last week and we're going to continue over this next few weeks. We've actually been talking about the church and what the church is all about, what God has called us to be as a church. And the name of the series is AKA. So everybody say AKA. AKA, and how many remember what that stands for? If you were here last week, you know it stands for what? Also known as, some of y'all just learned that last week, you did. Also known as, and what we've been talking about is that there are some names for the church. As you study through the Bible, there are some different things that uh, the Bible calls the church, and it might be, you know, the church also known as a body, or the church kind of also known as a family, or the church, as we talked about last week, is also known as a bride, and we talked about how We are to have passion for the bride of Christ. In fact, if you missed last Sunday, I would encourage you to go watch it on YouTube or download the podcast because I'm telling you, it'll stir you up just a little bit. And today, today we're going to continue in this thought, the church also known as, and we're going to look at a different one that's actually found in the book of 1 Peter. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along in your LifeGate app or on the screens there together. And we're going to read it together verse number four that basically Peter is saying that the church is also known as a house so everybody say a house a house check it out verse number four he says as you come to him the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him you also like living stones are being built into a what say it out loud into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ Peter is saying hey the church is also known as a house but not just any old house but a spiritual house that God is building and not just a spiritual house but a house that would be strong a house that would be secure a house that would be something that would be eternal that would be something that would be lasting forever and if I'm going to build a spiritual house that is strong and secure and something that will last for all of eternity then basically Jesus says I got to use the right kind of materials to build it And he says, I got to use eternal materials, not just like normal brick and mortar and things like that. No, I got to use eternal things. And so basically here's what he says. He says, I'm building a spiritual house and I am using you as the materials to build it with. He says, you are the living stones. Everybody say living stones. You're the living stones. Basically, he says this, you are the bricks that I am using to build my house. Now, if you know anything about a brick, you don't have to really be a builder or even a brick maker to know how they are built. Basically, you know that bricks, like I brought one with me today, are basically just a lump of clay, right? And what happens is they take this lump of clay and they take it and they put it in a mold and they form it to be the shape that they want it to be. And then they take the lump of clay and they put it into a furnace. They put it into a a hot, fiery furnace, which what happens is it takes the clay and it makes the clay hard and it makes it firm and it makes it able to be used to build a house. 
And isn't this kind of the way that we are as well? In fact, if you've ever studied the book of Genesis, you know what we were made from, right? The Bible says that we were formed from what? From the dust, that we are just like one passage says, we're just like clay pots, that God took the clay, he took the dust and he formed us together and he breathed his life into us. And then what happens is that in throughout life, what happens is that we go into what James talked about, some fiery trials and we go through some struggles and some difficulties but what happens is those fiery trials they 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 form us and they harden us and they make us stronger so that God can take us and build us together to be a spiritual house to be a brick house come on you knew I had I was gonna have to do that today right and here's what I want to talk about a little bit today Like if God is building a spiritual, if he is the builder, he's building a spiritual house. And if we are the living stones, we are the bricks that he is using to build this spiritual house. Then what is our job? Like, what does that look like for us? In fact, what does the brick life look like? What does it mean to be a brick in the spiritual house that God is building together. And I want to talk to you about four different things that God has called us to do as bricks in the house. And before I do that, as I was studying this, I just thought I got to put a disclaimer out there just a little bit. In fact, before we jump into, I'm just going to tell you that today's message is a very pastoral kind of a message, all right? And so there's gonna be some stuff that might step on your toes just a little bit. There's gonna be some stuff that might be a little bit difficult for us to hear. But just here's, first of all, I want you to hear it in the heart. And notice that as I'm saying it, I'm smiling. Come on, right? I want you to hear it from the heart of a pastor and in the heart that it is brought in today. And I, you know, I just thought, do I just, do I go all the way there? And then I just thought, man, if I let everybody know, if I give you fair warning I can just go there so I'm just gonna go there but just just let me tell you you've been warned okay everybody look at your neighbor tell them you've been warned right okay so what does it mean to be a brick in the house that God is building as I think about it I think there are actually four things that God has called us to do as bricks in his spiritual house and the first one is this if you're taking notes write it down the first thing that a brick has to do if it's going to be built into a house is it has to lay down everybody say lay down Lay down. If you're going to build a house, if you're going to if you put some bricks into the building to build a house, what are you going to do? You're going to, in fact, they actually call it this. They call it laying bricks, right? And what is the bricks job when you're building the house? The bricks first number one job is just to lay itself down. And it's the same thing as followers of Christ. It's the same thing as bricks within the house of God. Like our first job, guys, is to lay ourselves down for the sake of the house. Our first job as a brick in the, in the spiritual house that God is building us into is to lay down our rights, to lay down our desires, to lay down our comforts, to lay down our preferences, to lay down our self-promotion, to be able to build together something that is bigger and greater than just us alone. In fact, Jesus talked about it. It's very difficult kind of to hear passage of scripture. And yet I think it fits so well here in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Look what he says in the Living Bible. It says, if anyone wants to be a follower of mine. In other words, if anyone wants to be a part of what I'm doing, if anyone wants to be a, a part of the house I'm building, if you want to be a brick in the house that I am building, then this is what you have to do. You have to what? You have to deny yourself. Take up your cross. 
and follow me. What was Jesus basically saying? Saying, hey, if you're going to be a part of what I'm building, here's your number one job as a brick is to lay yourself down. Like, here's the thing. The brick life is not about self-promotion. The brick life is about self-denial. It's about saying, hey, there's something bigger than just me. There's something bigger that God is wanting to do than just what I want or just what I desire or just what I need. It's bigger than my comfort. It's bigger than my preference. It's bigger than what makes me feel good. I am going to lay myself down for the sake of something even greater than just myself. In fact, the scripture talks about it like this in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. Now, we've all probably heard of John 3, 16 before, right? God so loved the world, he gave his only son. You, you could all quote that, right? But many of us don't really understand John, 1 John 3, 16, which actually starts out kind of like John 3, 16, but then it takes a little twist. Check it out in verse uh, number 16. It says, and this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, right? John 3, 16, God came, that's, that's what it's all about. But then notice what it says, and we ought to also do what? Lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Hey, if we're going to be a part of the house that God is building, then our first job is to what? Lay down ourselves. I mean, I'll just tell you really honestly, this is not what I see a lot in church culture today. Because in church culture, culture today, there's a whole lot more of a, what I would call like a consumer kind of a mindset. Like instead of coming to church and going, how can I give myself for others? What a lot of people do is they come to church and go, how can the church give something to me? Like I want to come and church service has really come, become more like this, church serve us, you know? Like I want to show up and I want somebody to park me in the parking lot and I want somebody to greet me as I come in with a smile and I want there to be something great for my kids as I check them in back there and I want to come in and I want the music to be just right, not too loud, not too soft and not any of those new songs that I don't like or not any of those old songs that I don't like. I, I want them to be exactly what I want it to be and when the pastor gets up, man, I want him to preach the message that's going to speak to me where I'm at so that I can come in, I can receive, I can be blessed. Now, let me just tell you something. Ain't nothing wrong with being blessed at church. Come on, all right? I hope that you are blessed today. I hope that when you come in that you were greeted with a smile. I hope that your kids are being ministered to. I hope they sang your favorite song this morning. I really do, man. I hope that you liked the sermon, but I'm just telling you something, guys. There's more to it than just that. Like being a part of the house that God is building means that even if I don't like the sermon, that even if they didn't sing my favorite song, like even if like the kids were crazy today or even if there wasn't anybody out there to greet me, like it ain't about me anyway. It's about how can I come and lay my life down, lay myself down, give of myself so that others can receive through me. How can I serve somebody else? What does that look like? Being a brick in the house might look like, hey, I'm gonna come and not get I'm going to come and give. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and say, hey, how could I, just like Pastor Amber was talking about, like how could I grow in generosity? How could I say, man, I want to invest my money into this house that's being built so that others could receive. And guess what happens? Just like Amber was saying, like what happens is when we do that, we get to, right? When we give, we actually receive because God is so great like that. When we lay ourselves down, 
lay our preferences, lay down our pride, lay down our needs, lay down, hey, some, sometimes coming to church just means, hey, I'm gonna lay down what I want in order to serve someone else, to be on a team, to get in there and work with the kids and to, to find a place to lay myself down for the good of the house. So the first thing that happens if we're gonna be a brick in the house, we gotta lay down. But then notice the second thing, if you take notes, write it down. Second thing you gotta do is you gotta link up. Everybody say link up. Now think about it. This brick, all by itself, it's really not very useful, right? I mean, you use it for a paperweight or something, but I mean, I could put it over my head and guess what? It's not gonna keep me warm. It's not gonna keep me dry. It's not gonna keep me out of the, all by itself. It's not gonna keep me protected and keep me safe from someone who might want to come in. Cause why? It's just one brick, right? But when you take this one brick and you link it up with a whole bunch of other bricks, like a few hundred of them, and you can build a house, right? And you can, you can have a place that keeps you warm and a place that keeps you dry, a place that keeps you safe, a place that is protected. It can be a place that you can raise up a family, a place that you can pour in the things of God into the next generation and teach your children and your grandchildren. When you take one brick and link it with a whole bunch of other bricks, you don't just build sometimes a house, you can actually build a whole building. In fact, a few thousand bricks and you could build a church, a place where the presence of God can dwell, a place where people can come in and worship God, a place where people can have an experience in a moment with God, a place where kids can be raised up in the things of God and people can find their calling and fulfill it in their life. When you take one brick and link it all together with a bunch of other bricks, there's incredible power. In fact, the power of, of the bricks are when they come linked together. In fact, the Bible says it like this in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 21. It says, and in him, the whole building is what? Say this out loud. Is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being what? Being built together to become a dwelling, to become a house, to become a place in which God's spirit lives. In other words, he says, hey, I'm building a spiritual house and I'm using you as the bricks to come together to build this place that I can fill with my presence and lives can be changed. And you fit perfectly in the house that I'm building. In fact, the scripture teaches us like this in Ephesians 2.10, that we are God's workmanship, that we were formed, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. Like he has made us, shaped us to fit us perfectly within the house that he is is building. Some of you say, well, I don't know how I fit. Like what gifts, what talents, what abilities do I have? Well, we want to help you with that. In fact, Next Saturday is our Life Track class. And in Life Track, what we do is, I mean, one of the things is that you get a chance to be a member of the church, but not just that, we talk about your gifts and your talents and your experiences and the way that God has shaped you and how does that fit in what it looks like to be a part of the house that he's building here at LifeGate and how do we get, you know, how do we get plugged in and find that place to serve and use those gifts like as a brick in the house that he's building here. In fact, if you're uh, not already signed up for Life Track, and maybe you're, maybe you're new around here, you can do that on your app or you can do that in, your, in, the, in the next steps table back there to just say, hey, like how do I link up to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeGate? A brick in his house. And then how many know like when you have bricks, 
and you start putting them together, there's something that holds them together. What's that called? If you know it, say it out loud. It's called mortar, right? Everybody look at your neighbor and say, what's the mortar? Come on, just tell them. What's the, look, look back at them and say, nothing. What's the mortar with you? Come on. I work hard on this stuff, y'all. Some of you are like, didn't work hard enough. Come on. So what is the mortar that holds the bricks in the house of, in the spiritual house? What is it that holds us together? Well, look what we see. In fact, Paul talks about it in Colossians 3 verse 14. Look what he says. He says, and over all these virtues, put on what? Put on love, which does what? Which binds them together in perfect unity. Guess what, guys? Like, we're bricks in the house that God is building, and he wants to join us, link us up together with one another, and then he wants to, he wants to form us together with love, love for him, love for his house, love for one another that does what? It binds us all together and strengthens us. In fact, those of you parents in the house, you know there's a difference between a house and a home. And what is the difference between a house and a home? The difference is love. Come on. Any house can be a house, but man, when you have a house that's filled with love, the house becomes a home. And here's what Paul is saying in Colossians. He's saying, man, I want you to be a part, not just of the house that I'm building, but I want you to be bound together, connected together with love for God and love for one another so that you're not just part of the house, but the house becomes your home. It's a place where you grow. It's a place where you experience all the things that God has for you because bricks in the house of God we lay ourselves down. We link up with one another. But then notice the third thing, and that is this, is that we have to learn to lean on. Everybody say lean on. Lean on. Now check this out. This brick by itself is not very strong. Until, what happens? Until you stack it with some other bricks. And after a while, when you stack this brick and stack another one on top of it and another one on top of it, and they interlock, they begin to lean on one another for strength, right? And the strength of the wall, the strength is, is in the bricks, one on top of each other, leaning on one another. And so by yourself, it's not very strong. But when you get several leaning on each other, you can build a wall. You know what I'm saying? I tried that joke in the first service, didn't really work. And then I thought, well, I'll try it in second service. Still didn't work. I'll leave that one out next time. But you build something strong. Why? Because every brick is leaning on one another for support, for strength. Man, that's what it's like to be a part of the, part of the house that God is building. Like, you don't have to be strong on your own. And you're leaning on somebody else and somebody else is leaning on you. And we're leaning on each other. And we gain this strength from one another. In fact, look what the Bible talks about in Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9. Look what Solomon says. He says, two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, no one can help them up. But And pity on the man who falls and has no one to help him up. But if two lie down together, they will keep warm. And how can we, one, keep warm alone? But... And though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And notice this. He says, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, I know he kind of changes the metaphor there just a little bit, but I think he's saying the same thing. Just like bricks leaning on each other 
It's not quickly broken. When we come together like, like a strand, like a cord woven together with the love of God and with one another, like there's more strength in that. In fact, it reminds me of, of Legos. Anybody have kids at home, plays with Legos? Come on, raise your hand. I got a son, he's five years old. He loves to play with this. It's one of his favorite toys, that and the iPad Minecraft. You know what I'm saying? And so he likes to play with his Legos. He's actually pretty good at it. He, you ask him, he'll tell you he's a Lego master. That's what he says. And uh, he, he actually is pretty good at it. We'll go to, to Target or Walmart or something and we'll get some Legos. And he never wants the little one that's cheap or that's for the five-year-olds. He wants the big giant one that's more expensive. And he can actually put the ones together that like for 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds and stuff like that. I mean, a little dad brag there, you know, but he's, he's pretty good at it. And here's what I've discovered. Like I had daughters growing up. They didn't play with Legos much, but my son, like he, the boys, they like Legos. I've discovered Legos are powerful. Come on, right? Have you ever stepped on one in the middle of the night you know the power of Legos and yet that's not the only power the only actually the real power in Legos actually comes when you connect them together right because one Lego by itself like is not much but you take the Legos and you connect them together it's incredible how strong they are like sometimes it's difficult to pull them apart now I got these from my son's stash of Legos and so I got the ones that you know it's a little easy because you got a little handle you know to pull it apart but sometimes he'll bring them to me ever seen the ones that are real skinny and you put them together and be like daddy take it apart I'm like I can't even get it apart right and here's where the strength comes in the Lego like think about it I'm having a hard time pulling it apart right now when you, when you take a Lego and you only put one bump together, it's real easy to pull it apart. So maybe you put two or three bumps together, it's still pretty easy. When you connect them all, it can become pretty strong, pretty difficult to pull apart. And it's the same thing in the, in the house that God is building, in the, in the church, in the body of Christ. Guess what, everybody? Like, if we're only getting connected to one bump, guess what's going to happen? Man, storms are going to come. Struggles are going to come. Difficulties are going to come. And it's going to be easy to be pulled apart. I mean, one bump, I can easy pull it apart. And here's what I'm telling you is that sometimes here's what we do is we come to church and we're like, oh, you know, I'll watch online, you know, and that, you know what, that, that's one bump. And then when difficulties come in life, guess what happens? Easy for our life to be pulled apart. Oh, well, I won't just come online. Like, I'll come like once a month on Sunday. I'll catch the rest of them on the podcast later. Okay, two bumps. But guess what? Two bumps. Still pretty easy to pull. Up. Oh, well, you know, like I'll come. I'll come on uh, every once in a while. I'll watch online a little bit. And maybe I'll serve every now and then. Okay, we're talking three, four bumps. It gets a little bit harder to kind of pull, pull apart. But what if we were to say, you know what? I'm going to get connected in every single way there is to get connected. I'm not just going to watch online. I'm going to be here on Sundays every week. And I'm going to get on a team. And I'm going to serve. And I'm going to get in a life group and get connected to some people there. And I'm going to go through life track. And I'm going to go on a missions trip. And I'm going to come to worship night. I'm to do everything that the church had like every bump man I'm gonna get connected to every single one of them then when the storms and the struggles and the difficulties of life come come on we're leaning on each other we're connected in so many ways that it's difficult to pull us apart and that's what it means guys to be part of the house of God these buildings we're bricks we lay ourselves down for others we link ourselves up with one another and with the vision of what God is doing. And then what happens is we begin to lean on one another. We connect with one another. 
and we're stronger together. But then finally, the last one is this, is we got to learn to get locked in. We're going to lay down, we're going to link up, we're going to lean on, but then we're going to finally, we're going we're gonna to lock in. Now, this is where, guys, it gets a little more pastoral. Because here's the deal, this is not what I see a whole lot in the church today. In fact, if I think about it, like if I built a, a wall out of bricks, like I wouldn't build the, the wall and then come along and start pulling bricks out of the wall from the middle and take them over and stick them into another wall, would I? It's kind of like, it'd be like Jenga. Anybody ever played Jenga before, right? And you build this thing and then you start pulling pieces out. And what happens, not very long, before it all comes crumbling down. And here's, what, here's where it, it's, 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 everybody just buckle up, all right? You ready? Here's where it gets difficult. As Christians, here's what happens a lot of times. We take our brick, plug it in one place, and we're there for a little while, but then somebody says something that we don't like. Or somebody comes along doing something a little better than the church before that we saw them online. Oh, I like that one better. Or they ask us to give money. Or what, a whole number of reasons. And we pull our brick out, go stick it into another wall. And then we're there for a little while. Oh, somebody said something I don't like. Pastor preached on something that was difficult. They asked us to give money. They didn't sing my favorite song. Whatever. Like I saw somebody better online. Pull it out of that one. Go stick it into another. Come on, right? And I believe that God has called us, hey, not to just like be a part of a, of a house, like to, to be it to be connected, to be committed, to be faithful to the house that he has called us to. In fact, check out what uh, the scripture says about it. Paul writes it in Ephesians 2 verse 19. He says, you are members of God's very own family. And you what? Everybody say these words. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Now, there's different ways we can think of that. Like, you belong. I want you to belong here. You do belong. I want you to feel like you belong here. But you know that word belong comes from two different words that are put together. Be long. A lot of us want a place where we belong, but we don't want to be in a place very long. And then we wonder why we don't belong. And God has called us to make an investment somewhere. He's called us to be, remember we talked about it in the Fruits of the Spirit series that we just did? One of the fruits of the Spirit was what? Faithful. Would I be faithful somewhere for a long time? In fact, I'll close with this kind of illustration. It makes me think about being a homeowner. How many homeowners do we have in the house? Like you own, y'all are all raising your hand. You don't own your home. Bank owns your home, right? But you are becoming a homeowner, right? And what are you doing? You're making an investment every single month. You're paying that payment with the hope that eventually, like, I'm going to own that thing right now. If you're a homeowner, not, not a renter, a homeowner, guess what? You don't decide that oh, one day you wake up, I don't like the color of the wall, so I'm just going to leave this house and go to another one. You don't do that. Why? Because you're invested. You own the place. Like this is like I'm buying this home. Now, if you're a renter, you might do that. You might wake up and go, I don't like this carpet. Let's move out of here and go rent somewhere else. And nothing wrong with renting. That's, that's totally fine. But here's the thing is that most of us, I think, our desire one day is to own a place, Right? Like we've rented before, but our, our ultimate desire was we want to buy a house. And so we bought 
a house and we put it on a 15-year mortgage and, and we said, hey, you know what's so cool is that every time that I pay that, you know, payment every month, I'm not just putting rent in that, you know, 15 years from now, I'm not going to be any closer to owning it than I, than I would have been because really what's going to happen to the person who owns it, I'm paying it for them and I'm just living here, right? No, I want to own this place. And so every month, whenever I'm making that payment, I'm investing in the fact that 15 years from now, like I'm going to own this place. It's going to be, it's going to be mine. And even if you don't make it 15 years or something, on 30 year, 30 year note. Even if you don't make it 30 years, you still have equity that you have built up. And here's what I'm saying. A lot of times what happens is we just kind of rent. I'll rent over at this church, rent over this. And then we look up 15 years later and we really don't have anything to show for it. And what if we were to be a people that would just say, man, like I'm invested in the house of God, I'm a brick that's going to lay myself down. I'm going to link up with a group of people. I'm going to lean on those people in the difficult times. And I'm going to get locked in. And so that every Sunday when I go and I serve or when I give in the offering, or like I'm making an investment. And one day, I'm going to be able to look up and go, wow. Man, we made an investment that counted. Look where my kids are. Look at my grandkids. Come on, right? Look at all those children there. They sit around the dinner table, vigorous and healthy, like young olive trees. Come on, look at the people that have been impacted, the lives that have been changed because I decided to buy in. I decided to say, man, I'm in a place and we're going to stick there. We're going to be faithful and look at what God is doing with our faithfulness. Just like Psalm 1, I read it in my daily devotional today. I'm going to be like a tree that's planted by the streams of water who's going to yield its fruit in season and out of season. I'm going to look back and be able to go, man, I invested. I didn't just rent. Like, like I bought in. Like we're, we're owners. We're part of the house that God is building and we're going to be long. We, we're going to be faithful for a long period of time. And in the end, you get to see the big reveal. In fact, how many watch uh, HGTV? You ever watch that? You know, and my, my favorite show on HGTV is Fixer Upper. Anybody ever watch Fixer Upper before? And of course you watch it because of Chip and Joe and they're great. And you watch it because of, you know, they're funny and, and whatever. And the thing is, when you first start watching it, like at the beginning, I'm always hooked in because I'm like, hey, I want to see which house they chose or whatever. But then you get to the middle part and it's like, man, I kind of just want to flip the channel. But there's one thing that keeps me for the entire 43 minutes of the episode, right? And it's that, that it's that big reveal at the end, right? Where you're like, man, I went through the demo time and I went through, the, I don't care about that stuff, but I want to see what it looks like at the end. And that big reveal when they're going to they gonna go, you ready to see your fixer upper? Remember that part, right? And as soon as they do, you're like, oh yeah, we're going to see it. And then commercial break, you know, right? But then they take that big thing, you know, it shows what the house used to look like and they move it out of the way. And there's the big reveal. And guys, guess what, man, if we invest long-term in the house that God is building, like one day. Come on, this is what keeps us going. This is what sometimes you're like, I want to bail out, I want to quit. But man, one day there's going to be that big reveal. And we're going to stand before God and we're going to hear him say, man, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, you stuck it out. You were faithful. And look at your family. Look at the lives that were changed. Look at the things that you never even knew were happening. But because you invested, it made the difference. Now, I told you this is pastoral, so I'm talking to a lot of the, the 99 here today. Let me balance it out and just say this, like some of you, you're here and you're just checking it out. Awesome. I'm glad you are. 
In fact, I would love for you to be a part of the house that God is building here at LifeGate, but it might not be LifeGate. I hope it is, but it may not be. But here's what I want to challenge you. Let it be somewhere. Some of you are here, and honestly, maybe you've come from situations that you've just been through a difficult season, and you're just going, man, pastor, you're telling me to commit and all this stuff, and I just need to be here to be, I just need to be healed, and I just need to have some time to rest. Hey, this is a safe place for that. We want you to have that. We're going to love you. Some of you are like, man, like I'm not even a Christian yet, and you're telling me, like, give my life to the church and whatever. And I'm just saying, hey, I understand. Wherever you're at, we want you to be a part of the LifeGate family. But more than that, I want you to be a part of the big house that God is building. It's going to take people that are saying, man, I'm willing to lay myself down. I'm willing to get linked up to something bigger than me. And man, in the struggles and the hard times, I'm going to lean on one another. We're going to be bound together by love. I'm going to get locked in long term so that one day I can see the big reveal and realize that, man, I didn't just rent. Like, I was owner. And now I get to, I get to see the fruit of my investment.